Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. You're listening to Thriller the Chase. AS, welcome to another edition of Frill the Chase right around the country on SEN Track as we dissect the latest Greyhound Racing News. Damien Watson here at the SEN Track headquarters. It's good to just be out of the house in these lockdown times. And a man who I'm sure has had time, I guess, to get some sort of sunlight. He's probably more tan than I am. I'm certainly more pale. Mitch Abaya, how are you, Mitchie? Greyhound Racing media personality. I'm well, Damo. Yes, I have had a chance to get a little bit of sun. Um, fortunate enough to be a tradie and be working Monday to Friday outside. And uh, the weather's been quite all right lately. It was a little bit cloudy today and a bit chilly this morning. But, uh, yeah, we got the old puffer jacket on just to warm up at the end of the week and the weekend. But I suppose that for most people, there's not really a weekend at the moment, is it? They're kind of just all merging into one. That's right. Although the good thing about the Greyhound racing continuing is we have some form of deciphering point, I guess, between the weekend and the weekdays, uh, even though they still have to abide by the curfew. And we've got a big program once again tonight. Obviously, we'll run through what occurred last night. And I understand you had a bit of a fill-up last night, Mitchie, which is always good to hear on the Lids Fly uh, in the wake of Sandown. But also, uh, GRV announced a prize money boost of $5.3 million. So a big announcement for the industry there. And Cynthia O'Brien will join us later on in the program to talk about Heelsville Sundays, where we have the exciting Arrow and May in the 31 series final coming up. So looking forward to chatting about that concept with Cynthia and I guess how it works as well. It's probably going to be good education, Mitchie, for the lay punter out there. Oh, it's going to be fantastic, mate. We've got plenty of coming up. Um, I was explaining to a few boys earlier that we've actually got this, virtually it's the speed star of the straight track and there's going to be some great racing up there. So it's going to be fascinating to talk to Cynthia about that. We have got the highway uh, made in 31 series the final there and there's a couple of really nice types in there and then we also have the Hillsville Cup not too far away and we get to see quite a few nice pups or nice race dogs in the 12 race card on Sunday which will probably be in preparation for the for the Hillsville Cup so it's going to be a great Sunday of racing uh, I'm fortunate enough to be on course which will be awesome and cover that also we've got racing tonight from Warrigal and tomorrow from the Meadows so the other thing, Damo, is we've also had the uh, SEN World Cup announced as well, which is going to be fantastic. And, geez, Djokovic, Nadal and Federer are all drawn in the uh, the one group, Group 1, Paddy Garshag and Fitzer and myself. Yes, absolutely. And, obviously, a lot of characters in that group as well. So, uh, the <laughs> SEN World Cup, uh, I think that will be something that we could look forward to all year round. It's not something we have every four years like the other World Cups, is it? We'll do this every year, all year round. All year round, mate. I'm sure that uh, it'll it'll be a hit, definitely. I, I think it'll, what it'll do, it'll probably separate a bit of, probably separate a little bit of the egos. Because tell you what, there's a few of them amongst the tipsters, and um, I tell you what, when I'm up and about, I'm 
I'll give Fitz and Jay Bond and the boys a run for their money. But yeah, everyone likes to think they're they're the best tipster, and you've got to have that sort of uh, swagger, a bit of temerity about you at times. And I think that this will probably announce who the top dog is. And if someone that is not an SEN track uh, host or expert uh, wins it, if one of the listeners win it, well, then we may all be uh, sacked from a job. Oh, okay. We'll see what happens in any case. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's run through what occurred or transpired at Sandown last night. First of all, one thing I must ask, given the prolonged lockdown, I suppose, has it had an impact, I guess, it seems like it's been a pretty adaptable industry. It has been over the last 18 months, but uh, everyone's still trucking along effectively in, in, in that respect. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I think the only thing at the moment is that um, we've had a little bit of issue with Shepparton, obviously Shepparton being a regional area um, and having a few COVID cases up there that they've had to reshuffle a few meetings, which has been frustrating. But thanks to some of the clubs for putting their hand up and taking on races or race meetings virtually. So, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's been pretty good. I, I can't say it's changed too much, but you know, I, I know some people are doing it tough out there and, and we all, well, our hearts go out to all of them that don't have a job or they're impacted in some way or, and whatnot. So, um, as we said, we've had a boost in the greyhound racing prize money today, $5.3 million, but um, we've also had, on the other hand, we've had a few tracks that are out at the moment based on COVID. So that would be Geelong and Shepparton. So there's ups and downs in every industry and um, same with the greyhound racing, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get your tips for the next at Ballarat shortly, but the highlights from your perspective from Sandown last night, a couple of obviously well-credentialed dogs in Nikolai Bale and Jax Bale getting victories in consecutive races, races seven and eight last night. Samantha Grenfell, of course, uh, responsible for Nikolai Bale. It ran a good time, 34.423 seconds ahead of it's kennel mate Jintoki Bale. So, obviously, a couple of the stars starring effectively at Sandown last night. Uh, it was a great night of racing there, mate. Uh, Jax Bale, I was pretty keen on him on the show. And uh, it was one of those races where there was that many good dogs in the race that it was pretty hard to pinpoint them. Um, that was, you know, that sort of race where there's, say, six or eight chances. And I thought Jax Bale just had the dream run. He was huge last week. Once he led, it was game, set, match. And yeah, he's a very, very fast dog on his day. The Dailies had a really good night again, and it's good to see uh, Jax Bale recapture some of that form. And Nikolai Bale, he is just going from strength to strength, this dog winning again, beating Jin Toki and Spring Cobra running in third. But uh, it was a great night of racing, mate. That free-for-all was an absolute corker. Jax Bale, Invictus Rising, immunity. If, if Invictus Rising is not racing over 600 metres in the next couple of runs, then I don't know what I'm looking at because this thing is super strong. It keeps rattling home each week, and it's an absolute heartbreaker. For those out there that back it, just wait until it gets up to 595 or 600 and then back it because it's just finding too much trouble early and then thundering home, and, yeah, it really is a heartbreaker. But Invictus Rising, Black Book it, 600 metres, load up. Yes, absolutely. And uh, with Jack Spale, 29.296 seconds of victory time in race number eight, ahead of Invictus Rising. So it was a reasonable field as well. Providence Bale finished in fourth spot. It seems to be in that sort of class or around that, uh, I guess, area in terms of placings in recent times. And Rick and Rick was a little bit disappointing finishing second last. Uh, just wanted to get your deep thoughts on race number eight, the victory of Jack Bale. Yeah, Jack Bale, obviously... The boys didn't uh, give him any chance of leading. I thought he was going to be half a chance of being somewhere near the mark early, but there was a lot of speed drawn out wide, and I expected a few of those to come crashing across, those being Immunity, 
uh, Hazy, Roy, uh, Providence, Bale. I expected them to come out hard and come out running. And uh, Hazy Roy couldn't quite cross, but Jack Spell 509 recaptured that spring in the step. And um, yeah, as we said before, it's a stacked field. Providence Bale, he was consistent. He's a he's a front runner. He's a dog that needs to be out on the bunny. And he's on 2970s. He was a rank outside of the field. You can't expect too much there. I thought Immunity ran on well, charged home in 29.64. And um, Rickard and Rick was a tad disappointing. He just couldn't really get into the race at any part. But my sole focus was on Jack's bail, mate. So I uh, I noticed Invictus Rising charging home late and just thought, where's the finish line? But no, Jack's bail did the job. All right. Yes, it was a very good performance. And again, another daily kennel participant getting the job done there uh, just in terms of the next at Ballarat we've got race seven coming up very shortly here what uh Mitchie just having a look at some of the favorites there or the potential chances uh, Aston Pino uh is a reasonable chance well backed on the market I noticed Bush Tiger is out to about $15 so it'll be interesting to see how that dog performs because I know there are a couple of punters out there who seem to think it is a reasonable chance. So just taking a look at the market at this point in time, uh, Aston Pino, the favourite, as I mentioned, but Bush Tiger is a rank outsider, but I know there are a couple of pundits who think it's a reasonable chance at value. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is an interesting race here. I think that uh, Crackerjack Phil, he was pretty stiff last week. Um, he's gone 25 and 83, couldn't quite hold the lead when he needed to. Um Bush Tiger, he's half a chance. Uh, also, I think that the red Aston Pino, he's only won four from 32, which makes life a little bit tough, but um, I think should be getting the nice run in this race. I'm just trying to whip the odds up here. Um, sorry, Damo. It's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll go 3.30 Aston Pino. Yeah. I'm, you pronounce it. Spearhead I, I, think, I think... I think uh, Aston Pino is going to be half a chance, but I'm happy to take the 6.50 and 2.10 about Cracker Jack Phil. Not saying load up. But I just think he was stiff last week. The two goes to the fence. The four is a slow beginner. I just think that the three might posse up in a half-decent spot. And getting there's a pretty good odds now. Yeah, all right. They're probably about a minute away. So that one's over the 450 metres. I think this is a decent value race, to be honest with you. I mean, even the favourite, when yep. you think about it, is at 340. It's not as if it's a shorty. So, and, and you have a look at the form of some of these dogs. It's not overly consistent in terms of decent performances. I mean, I probably wouldn't mind backing She's Serious. It's been in the placings in three of its last five. Can be inconsistent, but I think it's $7. If it gets behind the speed of Aston Pino, it could be a chance. Let's head there now. Race 7 at Ballarat. Racing now, we're getting fast off the inside. Cracker Jack fill away fast. Aston Pino pushing forward, not far away. Spearhead in the early part. Just off the speed is She Serious. Down on the inside of Jagabal, a bit deeper. Further back to Bush Tiger, who's well back. Second last, Yelena Bale. And Katathanik is last on the swing for home now. Spearhead the leader. Getting up along the inside. Cracker Jack fill and then Aston Pino around the turn. Spearhead in front. Coming hard. Cracker Jack fill. Cracker Jack fills the one. Beats Spearhead. Aston Pino fourth in Jagabal. Back behind those She Serious. Followed by Yelena Balbush Tiger and Katathani Kid the run 25 and 40. Good stuff. A fantastic victory there. There we go. That's how we like them, Dame. Stuff, 
Mitchie. Uh, another winner for you. Just, uh, I guess, following on from the success of last night, running hot at the moment. So hopefully this can protrude into the weekend and also into Hillsville Sunday, which I know is probably your mainstay when it comes to Greyhound meetings throughout the week. If you want to text in, by the way, feel free to do so. 0499 736 736. We've spoken about a couple of highlights from the program last night at Sandown and Nikolai Bale and Jack Bale in particular. Any others that really stood out to you in terms of victories? Yeah, there was a couple that, that I uh, thought were really good runs. Race one, number one, Eat My Dust. Yes. One in 29.54. It was super strong. Didn't get it all its own way early, but geez, motored to the line and won really well. Mapunga Katie runs second again. This dog, it's probably not something you can back, but just she just keeps charging home week in, week out. And she'll get the run one day and absolutely obliterate them. And, uh, and we know that Probably that's the time that we'll all jump off, but um, she's a very, very talented animal. And I thought there was a dog in race nine. This dog was super impressive, took out the grade five final. Lucky Lance, he beat Rebellious and beat him comfortably by two and a half lengths. Um, 29.44, a a super run for trainer Gavin Kearns. And there was a dog in there that we actually tipped a place last night. Dusty Lynn paid about the $7 mark a place. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting race, a really good final. And Lucky Lance, one to follow out of there. Yeah, absolutely right. And if you have a look at Eat My Dust, it's time 29.542 seconds. Not a bad way to start the night. No question about that. It did have the advantage, as you said, of being from box one. And Lucky Lance in race nine, it saluted in 29.442 seconds for trainer Gavin Kearns. And just in terms of the disappointments, before we head to the break, we've spoken about the highlights. We have also touched on Rickett and Rick finishing second last in its race. Any other disappointments from your point of view? from Sandown last night or those dogs that didn't meet expectations? Uh, it was it was an interesting meeting, mate. A lot of the favourites did get up. Uh, I thought Xavier Vale in race seven over the 5.95 was a tad disappointing. Uh, folded up pretty quick after le- well, after being right up on the speed. Uh, Weblick Eagle was a handy run. He made up a lot of ground again, but I think he is probably more of a Meadows dog. And one of the dogs that I thought was a tad disappointing was race six, number one, Denise's Vision, a dog that led, found a little bit of bother on the first term, but had box one and was around you, I think around a $3.50 out to four forty favourite. But it uh, was yeah, just a slight disappointment. But I'm not saying there was too much out of the meeting that really led anyone down or the punters down because a lot of the favourites did salute. Yeah, fair enough too. Uh, it was an interesting night and that's what we want when it comes to the races right across not only this state but also around Australia and uh, we discussed race seven, eight and nine from last night as part of the Speedstar series at length. Nikolai Bale, for those who missed it, uh, saluted in race seven, Jacks Bale in race eight and Lucky Lance in race number nine. So obviously a lot to follow on from that. And after this break, we'll discuss the announcement from Greyhound Racing Victoria, a prize money boost of $5.3 million. Certainly a welcome addition and welcome news to the industry and all of its participants. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase right across the country here on SEN Track. Don't go anywhere. Damien Watson and Mitch Abaya with you. And if you want to text in, 0499 736 736. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Welcome back. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase. Damien Watson joined by Mitch Abaya. And we'll just touch on the Speed Star results from Wednesday night, Mitchie. Mapunga Ruby obviously starring there in terms of its performance in race number seven. Got over Hank the Hustler, who's got a bit of a cult following. Five star. I mean, there are so many good dogs in this race, so that just emphasises the quality 
of its victory, uh, particularly in a time of 42.595 seconds. Absolutely flying at the moment with Pungaroobie. Dead set airborne, 42.59. That's absolutely scooting. Um, the dog she was up against, Major Sacrifice, was right on the hammer for a little while, and then she just said, see you later, and uh, put him to the sword. And Hank the Hustler was very good. He ran in second. He beat Rock on Jimmy, who I thought was a really nice run. And then five-star, geez, he only just got up, just beat Empress Tears by the barest of margins, but got the job done. But Mpunga Ruby is an absolute star. She is fastly emerging as being one of the best stays in the country. And uh, they put up $2.20 about her to win overall. And a lot of people out there would have jumped on board and thought that was a gift. Um, the, the real disappointment out of that race was Nick's Bale. 43.03, the weeks or two weeks before, actually beat Mpunga Ruby and went uh, pretty quick as well. So very disappointing was Nick's Bale on Wednesday night. And uh, I think for those out there that played the exotics, played your exactors, trifectas, you would have been sitting quite pretty because your favourite got up, your second favourite run second. And I know Mpunga Ruby would have been um, uh, sitting in a lot of people's multis. So uh, she just keeps going strength to strength. Jeff Britton Quinella's the race and 20,000 to the overall winner there. And it's a great concept, uh, this speed star. Over three distances, it's it's really good. It's not just uh, suited to the one sort of greyhound. Obviously, we've got the stayers now. Some, you know, you can qualify for whichever one you want based on a, a trial or a race. And, um, yeah, it's got a huge following. Yeah, absolutely. And Kalinda Patty took out race number eight ahead of a Punga Warrior. Time of 34.367 seconds. Gypsy Wyong has been testing the water recently. It finished fourth. Zach's entity rounded out the placings in third. Uh, just in terms of the finish, Kalinda Patty, a very good performance. And Jason Thompson just continues to go from strength to strength himself with his trading base. And he's just forging more and more of a reputation as one of the yardsticks of the industry. Oh, he's a gun, Jason Thompson, absolute superstar. And um, I tell you what, Kalinda Paddy was very, very good again. She, we knew she was going to lead. We knew she was going to be right up there on the speed and going to be pretty hard to beat. And up against one of the young guns of the industry who's going to be heard a lot over the next two years. His name is Zach Zenity. He ran in third overall in the event, just as Pip from Mapunga Warrior, who was actually one of my best of the night, best head-to-head at around the dollar ninety, and best place uh, value at around the... Uh, $1.95. So we saluted there with Mapunga Warrior. He runs second. Zach Sennity third. Gypsy Wyong fourth. And uh, probably one of the match races of the night, mate, fell in race uh, two, which was Run Like Jess and Shadow Mist. They went toe-to-toe. And Run Like Jess was a dollar ten to beat Shadow Mist. And Shadow Mist was four in front coming to, for home. And Run Like Jess almost went over the running rail to win the race and got up by about a nose. So it, it was fascinating racing this 600-meter um, series. And be sure to keep a, keep an eye out and black book of Zach Sennity. He's going to be an absolute superstar. Yeah, absolutely right. And you speak about class fields. I'll tell you what, race nine is absolutely salivating. Aston Rupee won in the end, and it's been in fantastic form, as we know. Time of 29.590 seconds, but it defeated. How about this? Tig along, Tog, Weblek, Blazer, Paddy Wads, Pats, La La, Kiwi, Quara, Bale. Just the quality. This race exudes quality more than anything else. And for Aston um, Rupee to win that... Uh, I think it just stands the test of time in a way, given the quality it had to come up against. Oh, he's a star. Aston Rupee, a dollar ninety, or you actually think he might open two dollars, Dame. A lot of people would have uh, snapped that up pretty quick. He looked like he was going to be the hardest dog to beat. You know, they actually threw up uh, the TAB threw up a dollar ninety about the overall time to be under twenty nine seventy, which I thought was the greatest gift going around. I 
shared that with all the listeners on through the chase on the Wednesday, and uh, he ran twenty nine and fifty nine. So he, he comfortably broke that. He, he's a dead set fly machine, this dog, and we know what he can do on his day when he gets the right run. And this sort of series suits him. So he had he had Weblick Blazer, who was a huge run. Weblick Blazer was massive. We get to see him on Sunday at Hillsville in the Arrow. He's going to be very very good and very hard to uh, beat. And yeah, Aston Rupee beat Tigalong Tonk, Webleck Blaze, and Paddy Wanspat. So Tigalong Tonk, he is phenomenal, this dog. He is mm. absolutely phenomenal. He's a marvel. Gets out in front. He, like, he's gone 509 early. Set him up down the back. Um, Lala Kiwi, who won the, the Cranbourne Classic, couldn't really win. That's how good he's going at the moment. And it just seems like he's so durable and tough and Yep. He just doesn't know how to lose or he doesn't want to lose. So uh, I, I've, I was actually talking to someone today about it. I reckon he's going to be a dog that we will follow for a long time when it comes to the stud uh, ranks because people will just use him because how tough he is. Just in terms of separating the two dogs, Aston Rupee and Tigalong Tonk, I mean, both have their different idiosyncrasies and their qualities as well and attributes. I mean, is, we, we know that they do run different races at times and Tigalong Tonk is at a different build-up to... I guess it's current spell of good form. Uh, what really separates yep. the two of them in terms of styles from your perspective? And can you really identify, I know it's probably a trite question, who is the better dog or who is capable of achieving more going forward? Uh, I think that Aston Rupee is probably the one that's got the most to gain. But if you ask me, which dog I would prefer out of the two, <laughs> I would have said um, Tigalong Tonk. Every day of the week, he's a be- he was the best 500-meter box dog in the land for a long time. He was so consistent. He was as honest as they come. If he trialed 29.15, he would run 29.15. And I'll tell you what, if a dog gets up and puts the heat on him, he doesn't fold up like a lot do. Um, whereas Aston Rupee needs a little bit of luck. But saying that, Aston Rupee is the fastest dog on the planet. Uh, now that Shimmer Shine's retired. But Aston Rupee is an absolute rocket. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to race dogs, Tigalong Tonk has him beat hands down in an eight-dog field. Yeah, absolutely right. So there's always a lot of fun surrounding trying to compare certain dogs and, and their capabilities as well. Now, just in relation to some of the other news going around, I mentioned before and flagged before the break that Greyhound Racing Victoria has announced a prize money boost of $5.3 million dollars. What does it mean for the industry, given you're heavily involved, Mitch, as a part owner, and you know many people throughout the industry as well, many stakeholders in all circles. In terms of the $5.3 million prize boost, what does it mean to the industry? Is there more still required? How has it come about, given there's been a lot of talk about how much should be allocated? What are your thoughts? No, it's fantastic today that GRV has come out and um, made the decision to give $5.3 million back to prize money, and uh, I think the, the best part that I've seen in this whole announcement today from Peter Duncan was the fact that she wants participants to say to virtually give their opinion on where they'd like it to go, which is which is where racing should be, I suppose. I'm not saying that the participants should be making all the decisions because that's not their role. Their role is to produce the dogs and race them. But if everyone's on the same page and GRV, you know, have an input from participants and the way they think, you know, or the way they think the industry not should run but should be sort of shaped or structured, um, everything runs so smoothly. It's it's The hardest part is that when you're thinking two opposite ends of the spectrum, that's when it gets hard. But um, fantastic. This is this is awesome for Greyhound Racing, 5.3 mil 
uh, into prize money. Look, where it'll go, I don't really know. I've got a feeling it'll go probably into the lower end a little bit, maybe a little bit towards City prize money. And I'll throw my end up there, Damo. I, I reckon that they should pay out fourth on City prize money. I reckon that really? it would be a massive incentive. Yeah, massive incentive. It'd be huge incentive to get uh, probably some of your country trainers or your smaller um, backyard trainers to, to really test the waters of the city because how hard is it when you you know you might have a couple of dogs and you're afraid to go to town and, and you run fourth and you just think geez just out of the money um, well, well I, go, I won't go back there again because you know there's some really good dogs around but if you're paying out to fourth you, you know you, you run fourth and you might take home two three four five hundred it's like winning a race at a tier three meeting so it, it's got that enticing factor that people actually think you know what i'm going to go and try my luck in the city because i tell you what there's a lot of people out there and a lot of trainers that are just too comfortable running around you know tier three or, or the country circuits because they they like winning those races and i understand everyone likes to win but like i'm thinking personally myself i'd like to have the best quality dogs and race the best races i can um and that's why I just think that, you know, pay in fourth. And I know a lot of other states pay to fourth as well. So I reckon that's where we can improve. All right. We'll just head to Ballarat Race 8. The favourite here is Boom Out. I'm with Westside Warrior. And beginning fast in the centre. Omaru Bale not far away. Westside Warrior and Boom Out trying to push forward. Boom Out found the top from Westside Warrior. Into third out deeper Indian Shadow. And then came Litigator. Back through the field came Brainwave. Well back to trending quarter. Come and then side. came Corborne Coco and Omaru Bale fell. As they come into the straight. And no Boom Out got up along the inside. Took the lead. Westside Warrior coming hard. Boom Out in front from Westside Warrior. And Boom Out. Boom Out one length. Westside Warrior. She's a good dog. In, maybe trending quarter ahead of not far away litigator with Corborn Coco, Indian Shadow, Imaru Bal fell coming down the side. It was tailed off but made it to the catching pen. The run there, 25 and 35. 25, 35 the time there for Boob Out. The favourite getting up from Westside Warrior and then Brave Wave in race number eight at Ballarat. Two, one and six, the numbers. All right, we'll head to the news and on the other side, we'll be joined on Thrill of the Chase by a very special guest in Cynthia O'Brien to talk about the action at Hillsville on Sunday. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase right around the country on the mighty SEN track. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Welcome back. You are listening to Thrill of the Chase on this Friday afternoon. Damien Watson joined by Mitch Bayer, Greyhound Racing owner, breeder and media personality. We're just trying to get a hold of Cynthia O'Brien. While we do that, though, Mitchie, uh, the concept, this new concept called the Arrow, which is going to be installed at Hillsville, and we've got the Maiden 31 Series final as well. I know you love your Hillsville Greyhounds. Uh, what are your thoughts on <laughs> these couple of concepts in particular and the arrow itself, just give us an insight. Cynthia will obviously give us more information, but give us an insight as to how it works and also the origin behind the concept. Um, yeah. So the arrow is based around the speed star. So it's straight track racing for um, the dogs that not, you know, sometimes those dogs that can't get around your meadows or your sand down, but they're, they're very, very good straight dogs, and it's just a great, great initiative. I just think it's uh, a way in which these dogs that, as I said, may not go that well around the circle, and some do, but uh, to try and draw them to straight track racing, and um, it's kind of that balance between your coursing and your your circle, and obviously you go up sand, uh, you go up Hillsville, and uh, it's a great spectacle. So it's going to be an awesome idea. There was a $1,000 buy-in per dog. Um, $2,500 goes to the winner of each uh, match race. And then overall, the fastest time 
face same as the speedstar will uh take take the winning first prize and uh, it's going to be awesome mate. it's going to be a really good spectacle i can't wait to see um how how it all goes because we know what these dogs are, are capable of on their day there's a lot of them there that are absolute flying machines and um we, we've got some greyhounds come from all parts of uh of victoria some city dogs some greyhounds that know are really good hillsville dogs others that uh, might not necessarily go to hillsville so um it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great to see, and uh, I can't wait to be a part of it. And you know how much I love my hills all racing. It's one of the greatest tracks to, to watch racing and have a play at. And um, I'm sure Cynthia will be able to fill us in on a few of the finer details. We've obviously got some maiden series coming up not far away from the Hillsville Cup. So all things happening at Hillsville at the moment. Yeah, we're just trying to get a hold of Cynthia at the present time, but you're right, uh, there is a lot happening at Hillsville. Don't forget, the Hillsville Cup isn't too far away, and it's interesting because a few of the dogs entered in on Sunday for the racing there seem to be preparing for the campaign. I know that you love the track at Hillsville. Just in terms of preparation, if you were obviously racing a dog at Hillsville, what would be your ideal form of preparation in terms of the amount in the lead-up? Oh, it's a hard one, mate. It depends um what what you're racing against and what distance you're over there's you've obviously got the 300s uh, and then your 350s if i'm planning something for the arrow uh, it all depends on your training regime on what these guys are like they, they want the big dogs the beginning that's the main thing but in a two dog race you, not necessarily you can afford to miss it but you can afford to miss it more than you can um in an eight-dog field because you get buried back pretty quick. But saying that, you're racing against some of the best going around. So you want your dogs pretty hard and fit, which a lot of these will be. They would have wanted to see the track a few times because Hillsville is a track where you want to at least have a couple of trials. At, and um, it, Once you get to know what the track's like as a dog, then you're absolutely laughing. We see Ferdinand Boy's first couple of runs. He was good, but I'll tell you what, he's gone to another level since going there. And Utah Ghost, the dog that raced around the circle, uh, had its few runs at Hillsville and you know set him alight, then went coursing and and dominated there as well. So it's a uh, it, it's a really good concept um, racing at Hillsville. I know a lot of people, a lot more people are warming to it, uh, whereas in the past, you know, not everyone's taken their dogs there. They rather stick to the horseshoes and the circles. But uh, Hillsville racing and straight racing, it's becoming quite popular, and um, we get to see some pretty good animals come out of it. Absolutely, and it is interesting how it's developed and built up over time, the greater warmth towards Hillsville in general. Uh, just in terms of the Arrow Sweepstakes Series, it's basically made up of four head-to-head match races, as you mentioned, Mitch. If you have a look at the prize money as well, there's a $1,000 nomination fee, but the winner of each match race receives $2,500, and the overall fastest greyhound, I believe, receives a further twenty grand. Second fastest, five grand, and third fastest, two grand. And you have a look at the final field as well. You've got Smarters Jack against Tadoukan, Zambora Lou facing off against Utah Ghost. Mr. America v. Ferdinand Boy, who you mentioned before, is a big one, and Dream Wizard taking on Wear Black Blazer. And in terms of the uh, participation, I know Jason Thompson has a couple of representatives in there in that final field, but it's good to see overall that there's representation for a number of quality trainers. Oh, I couldn't agree more, mate. Um, the one thing that I know people always go on about is other oh, city trainers, this, that and the other, but um, this is the opportunity where they've given a buy-in. It's not just based on times. There's a buy-in system there, and uh, if you think your dog's up to it, you put the money there and... and the opportunities there if you're selected in that uh, eight or ten dog batch. And um, we've got dogs coming from everywhere, not necessarily dogs that have, you know, started at Hillsville. Weblek Blazer, a very fast dog around the circle and the horseshoe, but he's never been to Hillsville. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes. Um, but it's good to see, mate. I, I really enjoy 
watching dogs transform from being circle dogs, you know, how they go up hills or some hate it, some love it. Um, trainers, their mentalities of uh, if, you know, a trainer's coming here with a pretty pretty slick dog, do they back away and um, pull the pin, gets a bit hard, or do they, you know, put their dog up and say, no, no, my dog's up to it, I can match these guys. And um, in the end, it, it comes down to mentality of trainers, what they think the preparation's like of the dog, and they know the dog got the back of their hand. So if they're happy to, you know, go up against some of these fast animals around the horseshoe, which uh, some of them have an advantage because they've been up hills numerous times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll try and get a hold of our next guest in Sib Fear O'Brien on the other side of this break. And we'll also get your best bets, Mitchie, for not only tonight, but also the weekend. Obviously, we've got racing from Warrigal tonight and a couple of meetings of Meadows and Bendigo tomorrow to look forward to. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase on this Friday afternoon right across the country on SEN Track. Damien Watson and Mitchie Bayer with you. If you want to text in at any time as well, 0499 736 736. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Welcome back. You are listening to Thrill of the Chase right across the country on SEN Track. Damian Watson and Mitch Abaya with you. If you want to text in 0499 736 736. We were talking in depth just before the break about the initiatives at Heelsville, including the new concept of the Arrow, and to join us and discuss about its origins and how it all works and how it's going to work, we're lucky enough to have Cynthia O'Brien on the line. Thanks for joining us, Cynthia. Thank you for having me yet again. No, no problem at all. Just in terms of the Arrow concept, and we've got the final field, as we have already discussed, with eight classy dogs involved, a couple of reserves as well. Uh, obviously, four matches as part of that final field. Tell us about how the concept actually originated. Uh, the head-to-head racing is something that's never been actually done at Hillsville, and we just thought it would be something different to try with our Hillsville Festival this year. And we put it up as a sweepstake race so that we would draw the best possible dogs in the land. And we've been fortunate enough to have an interstate entry. Um, obviously, we've been a little bit hamstrung by the COVID-19 situation. I think we probably would have had more interest had people been able to come across the border. But we're exceptionally pleased with the field that we've got. I mean, wow, who would have ever thought we'd get the quality of dog that we've got coming to Hillsville for a few weeks in a row for all the races we've got coming up? Hey, Cynthia, thanks for joining us once again. And always a pleasure to talk all things uh, straight racing at Hillsville. And as you said, uh, attracted eight or, sorry, ten really classy greyhounds. Uh, what could have been if the borders were open? We know how much straight track racing there is nowadays. Capalabar, Richmond, uh, Murray Bridge. It would have been fascinating to see if if and how many of those would have come over. But, geez, I don't think we can complain with some of the dogs and the head-to-heads we've got. We've obviously got a few locals in there and then a couple of the uh, bigger trainers as well as a couple of dogs that... Haven't, well, one dog that hasn't been up there before. So it's going to be an interesting series on Sunday. I think it's very exciting. I think it shows that, you know, this sort of initiative in the industry gives people different avenues to run their dog. And as you know, leading into the cup, everybody needs to trial. So by doing this, these dogs are all getting their hit out before the cup heats next week. And they're, you know, they're pretty sure of getting up without having any injuries, no interference. I mean, head-to-head racing, you wouldn't expect we'd get much interference so it's a really good hit out for the Cup dog. Yeah, we expect to see all these dogs going for the Cup in not too long. And I know there's a few other dogs on the card as well that I'm tipping are going to be 
or in preparation for the cup coming up. With the field we've got here, Smartest Jack uh, v. Hadouken, Zamboralu, Utah Ghost, Mr. America versus Ferdinand Boy, and Dream Wizard versus Webleck Blaze. It was $1,000 buy-in uh, for each dog. And am I right in saying it's $2,500 to each head-to-head winner and then the uh, three places, 20000 5000 and 2000 for first, second, third? Uh, 20000 7000 for second. And, yeah, it's a, a great... Um it's a great little grab for those dogs. It's a very easy way to make $20,000, isn't it? I mean, if you've got a fast dog all up, this series is going to win you $22,500. No, it's a great system. I love the buy-in system. It's a bit of a put your money where your mouth is and uh, if you've got the dog that you think can compete amongst some of these very fast animals. And we obviously had Speedstar on Wednesday and we know that some dogs are really well suited to uh, the circles and the horseshoes. But for some of these dogs that go up hills or some of them, obviously maybe injury wise can't get around the circle so we we get to see one dog in particular which i know he can go up the straight and he can go around the circles as well but smart as jack going by a couple of local boys uh the ryans and i'm sure they'd be thrilled to have a dog well of his ability but in this series especially when you know they're so close to hillsville and to draw the red box is going to be a very special day for them because as you know we're also launching the racing into america this weekend and and JR, as he's affectionately known, is going to get to wear the number one American rug in his hit out. So it should be a really exciting day for the Ryan family and for Adele Powell. She's done a great job with this dog. I mean, it was a really good win the other night at Warrigal. And I think he goes into this race with you know a really big chance. Now, I better just touch on one of the other races on the card, which is the Highway 31 Maiden Challenge Final. 10,000 to the winner. Geez, we saw some really smart pups on Tuesday go up and... Uh, the field assembled, it's it, it's pretty hot. There's uh, Aston Merritt drawn the red. We get to see uh, the Helmets have a couple in it, Peter Prosciutto, Desi Douch, and uh, Angela Langton's got one in as well, as well as Aaron Sedford. So it's a really classy field, and uh, I know you're expecting or hoping to get a few interstate dogs, but as we said, COVID hampered that. But I'm sure this is a race that's going to go from strength to strength as the years go by. Well, I hope next year that COVID will have settled down and we can get back to what the Highway 31 actually is and we can have our match race with Richmond. I mean, obviously, next year it will be due to be held at Richmond. But this year, we've done what we could do under the circumstances. And, like, you certainly couldn't complain. We had 74 nominations. We ran eight heats with reserves and we had 57 first starters. That is just phenomenal. And the class of dogs that's made it through to this final. Um, our other form expert in James Vandermart has said he thinks that there'll be a couple of group dogs eventually come out of the field that we've assembled for the final. So that's a big wrap on the race. That is a very big wrap. And I know Jason Sharp was quietly confident with a couple of his that they would eventually get to town as well. So uh, some high wraps and praises for a few of the dogs there, which is good to see. And just quickly on the overall card at Hillsville on Sunday, it, it's a cracking card we've built. There's... Uh, Dogs that have come from city form, they've come from the country, they've come from everywhere. I'm tipping a lot of them are in preparation for the Hillsville Cup, which is coming up. But, geez, you probably can't be complaining about the sort of field we've got here. We've got some locals, got some of the best going around and two feature races on the card as well. It's going to be a cracking day. We've got the two big feature races. We've got a couple of other minor feature races as well. We've got our Koch Crew Cup this week. We've got the Emmett Dunn Plate. There's just that much going on this week. It really has put a vibe around the club this week. Everybody's up on their toes. It's really exciting because it's all new events and it, that's what makes it so exciting, that these are new events and hopefully they'll just grow year to year. No, fingers crossed they'll grow uh, as the years go by. And Cynthia, how can we catch a bit of the action on Sunday at Hillsville? I know 
it's going to be pretty popular, this uh, uh, the Arrow series, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to want to be want, wanting to be watching or uh, following races as they go by. So we've got Facebook Live on course on Sunday. Um, most of the races between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock will be going to air, and most importantly, of course, that's the Arrow. That kicks off at 12.28. That is going to be really exciting. Uh, one race every eight minutes, two dogs heading up the straight, and then we just sit back and see who runs the fastest. And that, that in itself is going to be really exciting. Uh, beautiful. Can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be a great day of racing. Cynthia, you've done a fantastic job organising all this and uh, running the Hillsville, and uh, I, I think it's going from strength to strength. So good luck on Sunday with everything, and I'm sure that it's going to be a cracking day of racing. And, yeah, the arrow, how good's it going to be? Thanks very much for that, Mitch, and looking forward to working with you on the Facebook Live on Sunday. I cannot wait. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to look forward to watching that too, uh, Mitchie. Cynthia O'Brien joining us on the line. Uh, fantastic Facebook Live initiative as well. And just goes to show, I mean, obviously it's magnified Mitchie during COVID times when we're all in lockdown, but uh, just the ability to stream now, it reaches so many people so quickly. It's amazing. You know, I reckon a lot of Greyhound pundits 20 years ago would have been frothing at the mouth for something like that. Oh, for sure. It's a great initiative. It's a great concept. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, may not have had Foxtel or back before the smartphones were around. How did you watch a dog race? You know, you go and you'd have to go to the, the pub and chuck it home and watch it on the uh, the big screens. But now we can watch it on our smart devices. We can watch it live on Facebook now. And I know they've been doing it for a few of the, the country cups and it's going to be a great day. Hopefully the rain holds off. I know there's a little bit of rain predicted, but it's going to be a great day of racing, mate. And this arrow is going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, just in terms of your best bets for the upcoming evening, we've got about a minute to go, Mitchie. Your best bets for tonight at Warrigal and also tomorrow for the Meadows at Cranbourne as well. Yeah, so I had uh, I had a couple tonight. Oh, it was a it was a tricky meeting, mate, a very tricky meeting, but I'm a fan of a dog in race six, number seven, called Swedish Duchess. I thought it was a really good run last week. It's drawn pretty well out wide. Hopefully it doesn't find too much bother, and it's a pretty strong dog as well. So I think race six, number seven, Swedish, Swedish Duchess. Um, and then we get to race number 11. I'm a fan of a dog drawn box two, Run To You. I think it's got enough early speed to lead him and can be a big chance. And then I've got two tomorrow at the Meadows, Mr. Fix-It and uh, Zero Cool. Both of those I think should be winning off box one. Oh, good stuff, Mr. Fixit. A very well-renowned dog, as we know. Mitchie, appreciate your time as always, mate. Have a good weekend. Anytime, to try mate. And get some sunlight. <laughs> yeah, will do, mate. Have a great weekend and happy punting, everyone. All right, enjoy Hillsville as well, Mitchie. That wraps it up for Frill of the Chase. On the other side of this break, we'll have the Betfair Edge edition for Victoria and also from 6.30, roughly Australian Eastern Standard Time, myself and Tim O'Connor will take you through Friday Night Racing. Stay tuned on SEN Track. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.